This I Work For Him podcast is brought to you in part by Rosedale Communications, offering author-centric literary consulting, writing, and editing services to help you capture your voice, craft your message, edit your content, and publish your completed manuscript for business or ministry online at craftingyourmessage.com. Hey there, it's producer Michael Miracle here. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast. We are your on-air resource as a workplace believer. And check out our website for tons more I Work For Him resources. We've got blogs and podcasts and reading material and all sorts of fun stuff there. Plus, a link to listen to the live show several times a day. Yep, head to the website. That's IWorkForHim.com. IWorkTheNumberForHim.com. And the listen tab's up there on the top left. Click that, then click the live link, and you can listen to us live every weekday. That's IWorkForHim.com. I work the number four him.com. And now let's go ahead and kick off what we all came here for, hearing more about connecting what we learn on Sunday with what we do in our nine to five. This is the I Work For Him podcast. Hey, thanks for tuning in to I Work For Him this afternoon as you listen to us all over the world, broadcasting in Tampa Bay, broadcasting on the First Coast in Jacksonville, St. Augustine in Folkestone, Georgia, and all across the world on iHeartRadio. And of course, podcasting on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Music, Faith Play, tune in and meek. We're so thankful that you've listened into the show. We hope that something we say today, we hope and pray that something we say today will cause you to dig deeper in your faith and to connecting what you hear on Sunday with what you do in your nine to five. But Martha, if they want to get a hold of us and, and give us some feedback, how do they do that? Feedback. Well, you know, one of the things that we have is on our website, which is iworkforhim.com. We have a contact page and there they can actually fill out information and leave information as far as um, maybe they had a a comment or something touched their heart um, or maybe they want to connect us with somebody who has a testimony of what God has been doing in someone's life or their own life or maybe an impact of, um, you know, just... I don't know, maybe a show that they've heard and a guest that they've listened to. Words of affirmation, one of our love languages, right at the top of the list for both of us. That's important too. 866. Yes. Well, I would say in the website, they can also call our listener line, which is 866-713-9675. 866-713-WORK. Today, we're on location once again in Bend, Oregon, at the international headquarters of the World Changer Network. Find them online at worldchangernetwork.com. That's worldchangernetwork.com. The show is brought to you through a kingdom collaboration between the World Changer Network and I Work For Him Radio. We like to call this collaboration the I Work For Him World Changer Radio Network. Mm-hmm. James and Anna Kramer, the founders of the World Changer Network, feel led by God to introduce the world to the only one capable of bringing real change, and that's Jesus Christ. James and Anna have arranged for us some amazing interviews all week long for people who are gathered here in Bend, Oregon for the Hub Nation Summit 2018. Today we're interviewing Dr. Ivy Bunk, a.k.a. Dr. Ivy. Hey, she's the founder of Rethink Learning and the nonprofit arm, which is a nonprofit arm of Imaginal. We can't wait to hear from Dr. Ivy and what she says today. You are going to be astounded by as you hear how she brings her faith to her workplace. Dr. Ivy Bunk, welcome to I Work For Him. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So excited to have you with us today and really want to hear how the Lord is using you and your expertise in your workplace. But before we get to all that, really want to hear, how did you come to be a follower of Jesus? Well, I was actually uh, raised in the church. My father was a Southern Baptist minister in actually around Panhandle, Florida as well. I'm from the Panama City area in Florida. So some of your listeners in Tampa will know where that is. Oh, we all do. Yes. 
So, yes, I was raised in the church and made a profession of faith when I was very young. So talk to, but a lot of us, you know, made those professions of faith when we were young. When did it really get solid for you? We're on radio. They, just, they don't can't see I your don't. face. So she's thinking. <laughs> it was a dramatic pause. It was a dramatic okay. pause. <laughs> yeah, well, it's been a process, you know, so it's not, I was trying, there's not really been a moment. He's been, um, you know, I ended up, I actually was sexually molested as at a young age by my uncle and so that obviously creates a breach in a in a person Mm -hmm. and so um ended up happened uh turned out being a prodigal so i was a prodigal for probably a good i'd say five to eight years um you know what, what we would define as a prodigal out living in the world and um so but after i had my own children you know, God started, and obviously he was gracious all along and had his hand on me because, you know, I could tell you some stories, but that's not what we're doing here today. <laughs> we don't want to make our hairs any grayer <laughs> no. or curly. Right. So, but at, you know, after I had my own children, you know, it was, so it's been a process. I'm just, um, yeah. you know, revealing himself, you know, me, you know, seeking, you know, it's just kind of this dance of faith that I've done. Mm-hmm. And until probably, you know, solid as far as like a, uh, full integration. Um, we, we talk about, you know, ministry, you know, doing our ministry and our work life. My work is my ministry. Mm-hmm. So I'm fully integrated. And so and that happened, that aha or that moment happened about 10 years ago. So talk to us about your business tree, as we like to say it here on I Work For Him. What is your daily business tree that you're involved in? Well, I'm a, uh, I have a doctorate in educational psychology from Regent University. So I'm an educational psychologist slash consultant is what I bill myself as so um yeah so my i'm a social reformer so okay. i am about identifying um issues in the uh, education system and uh, going about creating solutions and strategies so when you said that you about 10 years ago had an aha moment about connection and the fact that your work is your ministry what did that look like well i was actually a principal at a christian school and um Children would be referred for special needs testing, and I think it was God's providence. Mm. I know it was now that this child was in front of me and being referred for testing for ADHD, and just this um, question dropped in my spirit, and I asked myself, am I looking at a true learning disability, or am I looking at symptoms from childhood trauma? Because I was aware of some of the things that this child lived in mm. and the environment, you know, being pushed here and there and everywhere. And so that day I started a search uh, to find some answers, I thought, for him, and but ended up they were also answers for me. So God used uh, my research in the eight years that I spent a doctoral program revealing himself to me through the literature. Regent University has got a phenomenal reputation for really helping all of their graduates graduate being equipped to take their faith wherever they go in the marketplace. And that's what I love about that as a university. So in case you got any great connections there, we'd love to have them sponsor. I work for him. <laughs> just there's a plug right there in live and, and she's shaking her head. Yes. Yeah, just so no, it's documented no on the radio. Okay. <laughs> All right. So let's just talk about, we, we've got some questions we want to ask today that really relate to what's going on here at the hub nation summit, 2018. What's a, You know what? I don't know if I want to ask this question. I want to find out more about what you're learning. Mm -hmm. Let's take it just to to another level. What you what you discovered as you were studying this young man that was brought to you for evaluation for being special needs, but you were thinking maybe it was 
trauma, childhood trauma. How, how has that evolved? What has God done with that? Well, a, a lot, because actually when a, in our education system in America, when a child um, has a, um, is academically lagging, they're considered to be developmentally delayed. Mm-hmm. But when they get to a certain age threshold, uh, seven years and 11 months, it's usually typically the eighth birthday around, they have to be, they have to um, be identified so they can receive services. So they go in a matter of, you know, moments go, being developmentally delayed to being intellectually disabled. Mm. And now trauma mimics learning disability. So if you don't have a true learning disability, you just got put on a trajectory that can take your life in a whole another direction. I call it the Dr. Trajekyll and Mr. Hyde of effect of trauma. So, so you said that trauma um, mimics. Mimics, mimics the same symptoms as learning disabilities. Can you just real quickly tell us why or how or I mean, what, what does that mean? I mean, just for, I mean, we're, we're very familiar with the ADHD. Yeah. I mean, just the inability to concentrate and focus. We, we tie, we identify with ADHD. Mm-hmm. But if you've been traumatized as a young child, your immediate, your adaptive response is to go into survival mode. Mm. And you're always on alert, self-protecting, you know, mitigating and coping, watching around the corner for what the next thing, you know, the boot's going to drop because you've, you've taken on this you know, this fear mentality. Okay. And that shows up the same way. Okay. So when you look, I mean, and you look in the last 40 years in the educational system, the diagnosis of ADHD, ADD, which I think I had a little ADD. But when you look at ADHD and all these other diagnoses, I mean, what percentage of the diagnoses are misdiagnoses that they're, they're kids that truly don't have a learning disability. They truly have childhood trauma. It's, and I would say it would be a large percentage. I don't have a, a percentage per se, but if, I mean, you're not even cognitively de- fully developed yet, and mm-hmm. we're making a call on you for the, that it's going to affect you for the rest of your life. The other flip side of that is we haven't um, resourced our educators to understand or identify the symptoms either. So it's kind of a, uh, it's not a good situation. Well, and the minute they get diagnosed and they get put on drugs too. That could be certainly the case. I mean, it just seems like the system is really rigged against it. But isn't there money in it, though? There's money in that diagnosis, isn't there, for the education you get, you system? You do get a uh, extra, you know, like a unit cost for a special ed classification. Wow. But you're here to change all that. I would love to change all that. Well, that's a trajectory that God's got yes, you on. Yes, absolutely. This is going to be a great conversation today with Dr. Ivy Bunk as we learn about the educational system and how the Lord has called Dr. Ivy to transform some things that are just a little out of whack, but I'm going to let her explain this because it's not that we have evil-willed educational people. We got some people that just don't understand child psyche and really childhood trauma. Dr. Ivy, why don't you just explain it again? First of all, people want to know more about you. Where do we direct them? What website do you want to send them people to? You can reach me at imaginaleducationgroup.com is um, the website for the organization. Imaginal. Educate. So it's like imaginal without the extra L at the end. Imaginal. I M A G I N A L. Imaginal. Mm-hmm. Educationgroup.com. Very it. good. And we've also just launched a, a resource and training site, um, www.mytraumainformedschool.com. So we're excited about that new project. And what do they find there at My Trauma Informed? Is that what you say? Yeah. Okay. Dot com. 
What do they find? Traumainformedschool.com. Okay. Just resources, helping folks connect the dots. That's what uh, I love to do. <laughs> that's fabulous. So, yes. And all of this has been brought to us together by the World Changer Network and James and Anna Kramer. Worldchangernetwork.com. Worldchangernetwork.com. So, Dr. Ivy, what do you, with all that you've kind of you know, set the stage as what you're doing and how the Lord has brought you to this point in time. Mm -hmm. What do you think is the most important message that the body of Christ needs to hear from you right now? I think the most important message is to understand that we are a story. We are all a story written before time ever began. Mm. And our highest calling is to be conformed to the image of God, right? Um, We read about that in Genesis 1. Mm-hmm. Genesis right. 1. So yes. what, what, are we, what are we hearing in Genesis 1? That, that we, we were made in God's image. So our highest call, you know, before we are launching a business or, or whatever we're doing, is the highest call is always to be conformed to the image of God. So when he, in Psalm 39, when he tells us that he wrote a story about us before time ever began, before the foundations of the earth, this is the process. I feel that having our story told is the process that God works through to conform us to his image. Do you understand? Well, okay. So, so let's just talk about it. Cause I really want to make sure people understand. Cause you described a little off there, just slightly different, but I, I like it. Each one of us, God, you know, God created time and he created, it's almost like a bubble. It's just like we've seen described in some movies. So we got time and inside of time, God created us and, and we have a story and the enemy is attacking that story. Talk to us about that. Absolutely. His, his goal, he doesn't want, because when our story is told, God's story is going to be told. So the enemy doesn't, he doesn't want our, uh, God's story to be told. So he comes in as early as he can and to interrupt our story. Because what happens when you have a trauma in childhood, again, like I was talking earlier, you have this adaptive response and it creates this breach in your person, in your psyche. And you start growing in the direction of your wound and you take on a false persona. So our true identity the person that we were supposed to be in him gets skewed and we start growing in a different direction. Is that out of a coping mechanism? Absolutely. You're, you're, yeah, you're in survival. You, you go to the back part of your brain in survival mode. So yes, you're coping, you're mitigating, self-protecting becomes a way of life. So your whole life is built around, you know, supporting this false persona. So let's just draw a picture for people. Cause you've seen lots and lots and lots of stories. So you've mm-hmm. studied this for a decade already. Give us an example, and of course, use no names. Give us an example of what you're really talking about. Something that happened to a kid that, that sent him off sideways. Describe what could be this childhood trauma that you're talking about. I mean, I can just use my own story. Okay. I can use my own story. I, like I said, I was um, you know, molested by my uncle when I was six years old. Uh, it wasn't validated. This is the important thing to know of anybody that ha- you know ha- knows a child or knows someone that's impacted by something like this. The important part is to be able to help them process, validate them, let them know it's not their fault so they don't take on. Because the worst thing that happens as a result of trauma is not the thing that happened to you, not the event that happened to you, but the lie that you believe is a result of it. Sure. You know what I mean? So when my parents didn't validate or process and said, let's move on, what I heard I, although you can't articulate it at the time, what you hear is I'm not worthy to be regarded. Mm. I'm not being protected. I'm worthless. And so you grow, you go out about life making it, you, you develop these maladaptive emotions and behaviors and make decisions 
out of those places, which most of the time is not very good. And because you want to be accepted and worthy, then you go, you know, we've heard all about performance. I was all about performance. So I was doing to, I was earning, you know, trying to do to be, mm-hmm. we, we know all about that. So, so you get, you'll be in a, you know, why do these people uh, get in careers? They're 50 years old and miserable as the day is long. You probably <laughs> could trace it back to something that happened early on. You're, it's just this response thing you keep responding to and you don't feel like at some point you don't feel like you've gone so far down this way. It's hard to know how to come out. So how did that childhood trauma impact you? I mean, you, you said it made you feel disregarded. It made you feel not worthy. And it, so how did that impact your trajectory as an adult? Well, you, you're like, again, you're making wrong choices. You're making poor decisions. You're engaging in high risk behaviors, you know? So absolutely. You know, I, I you know, we, we could go into the details, <laughs> but I don't know if that's what we want to do here. So I'm just curious as far as, um, as you've uncovered this, and we're talking with Dr. Ivy um, Bonk, and she is, there's a couple websites that she just told us about that she can, we can find out about her at imaginaleducationgroup.com. And I'm really interested in this one, mytraumainformedschool.com. And I hope that our listeners will, will seek it out because there's, so much that um, we can all be learning about this. As you've been studying and researching and now um, trying to be a social reformer, are people embracing what you're having to say? Do they see the validity in, in what you've kind of learned and are sharing with them? Absolutely. Now, I have had a recent conversation with um, Senator Lamar Alexander's office. And um, he's the senior congressman from uh, Tennessee and part of the education committee and the, the Senate chair of the um, Senate education committee. And so, for an example, they just came out with legislation, this draft legislation in response to the school shootings that we're seeing mm-hmm. everywhere. Uh, and so the legislation is about school safety and mental health. So the guy that I'm talking to sends me the draft legislation. The first thing I do when I get it is query for the word trauma. Okay. And it's in there None. zero times. So this is an opportunity for me to help somebody <laughs> connect the dots because this is what happens. Uh, as a social reformer, I'm actually, my gift set is to make the uh, complex simple to help connect the dots. So this is, and this is how I go about when I'm meeting with the legislators and, and these type of folks. Wait a minute. So you, you kind of jumped over something. So are, uh-huh. are, have they done research on these school shooters where childhood trauma was definitely a related uh, subject between all of those shooters. I don't know that they've drilled down and done research, but obviously, you know, you hear stories in the media, you know, you know, about their, you know, their life or, you know, what, or something was going on. He was depressed. You hear these kind of things, but what happens is here's the thing. Trauma in childhood interrupts brain development. I'm going to, I'm going to do the connect. I'm going to, I'm going to connect the dot for you. So trauma in childhood interrupts brain development. Brain development interrupted impedes learning. Mm-hmm. So maladaptive emotions and behavior. Big word. Big word. You got to take that. Maladaptive. Maladaptive. Okay. So if you're adaptive, you adapt to. But if you're maladaptive, it's not very well adapted. Okay. okay. So you have maladaptive emotions and behaviors that show up in the classrooms. Mm-hmm. Ill, um, informed and Ill-informed and resource educators that are not aware, read it wrong and send somebody for special needs testing. The likelihood of them getting misdiagnosed with a learning disability is pretty high. Well, mm-hmm. when you misdiagnose someone with a learning disability that they don't have, that's just like you going to the doctor and getting 
um, you know, treated for something that you don't have. You get treated for bronchitis and you have cancer. It's probably not going to turn out very well. Right. So what what the, what that happens is you have wrong treatments and wrong accommodations that go on top of that. This makes someone more vulnerable and susceptible. So when that happens, mental health issues start showing up. Hmm. And then they end up on somebody's caseload. And, you know, it could be substance abuse. It could be suicide. It could be, you know, social work, mental health therapist. You name it. I mean, when you look at the epidemic of those diagnoses in today's world, and you also look at the epidemic of sin and the disintegration of the family and disintegration of marriage and society, it seems like those things are all tied together. I would absolutely say they're parallel. Sure. So the solution that the church brings to this situation, because really, if the church could bring a solution, if the body of Christ can bring a solution to this societal problem, Maybe society will start listening to the church. What, what, what's the solution here? Well, my stuff was going on inside the church. So I would tell the people in the church to get clear on your story. You know what I mean? So you have people that are operating out of false personas all in the church. So the church is not exempt. I mean, <laughs> for sure. it's just, just as prominent in the church. So I would say for first order of business would be to get clear on your story you know what I mean? To do the, the real work of, you know, addressing if, you know, if you, if you are, um, if, if you know, and you can reflect and, and see that you self-protect and mitigate and cope, that's an indication that you're trying to cover up. You're trying to, you know, protect yourself from something. What sure. is it? There's, there's something there that you need to, to look at. So we need to get clear, clear on our story so we can help other people get clear on theirs. So let's just reiterate. The Lord has shown you some incredible things. Just give us a, a, a little recap of what the Lord has shown you and what you're trying to do about it. I think uh, what I'm working on is I tell folks it's a social reform issue actually, because trauma in childhood creates inequity and inequity fuels injustice. So a lot of the chaos that we're seeing people responded to, I mean, we're all, we're very symptom driven society. So we're chasing the symptom when we ought to be dealing with this root. And I believe a large part of what's going on in our society is people operating out of a, a wound that happened in their childhood. Mm, there's so much woundedness out there. Yeah. So, so very much woundedness in and out of the church, just like you said earlier. So talk to us about the most important message that you think the body of Christ needs to hear from you right now in regard to this. And again, I know I asked that before, but I really want to make sure that these people just tune in right now, that they can hear that from your heart. It's like I said before, it's to, because again, we mentioned earlier about being um, conformed to God's image. If you're a believer, that is your highest call. And the way he does that, that process he takes you through is your, the story that he wrote about you mm -hmm. before time began. If you're living out of a false persona, you're just doing a career, you know, a nine to five, you know, I, I'm sorry, but that's not, <laughs> that's probably not it. And so we need to get real on about our own story so that we can help others get real about theirs. But that's easier to do as an adult, but we're talking about childhood trauma here and getting it recognized right away when kids are in elementary school or in middle school. So that doesn't Absolutely. impact the next 20 years of their lives. And, and a lot of this is generational because that, you know, we've heard hurting people hurt people. So mm -hmm. a lot of this is uh, generational, actually um, 80 plus um, percent, 80% of the childhood trauma that happens to children is done at the hand of a parent or a caregiver. Really, and even you could add another ten percent of that on that uh, that is a family, like a relative or somebody close to the Someone family. They know so somebody they know. 
So very rarely is it somebody outside, you know, outside their. Very rarely it's a stranger. Exactly. Hmm. So wow. it's, a, it's a generational issue. So, yeah, you're not only helping the child, but you need to help the adult in their life as well. Mm. So based on everything that you've been telling us and I'm explaining about how, you know, the body of Christ, we need to know our story. We need to know what um, our story is. Then how are you specifically helping to solve that, to, 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 to walk it out, to teach people? Well, like I said, God wrote a good plan about us. He has a good plan for all of us, mm-hmm. whether we choose to follow him or not. He has a good plan. And the problem I have is when our society or our systems, and again, not back from the education system, but the, the way we have things set up is it, it is interrupting that. It is making that, um, it's complicating the process mm-hmm. for these children. When you get misdiagnosed with a learning disability, again, remember, that's how I got into all this because this one child was right. being yeah, referred for special needs testing. So, I mean, that's how I'm, tr- I'm trying to interrupt. That is the point because we could change the whole trajectory of something. If we could change that, because right now we have these kids that get uh, referred for special needs testing. You know, how about and and poverty? I mean, poverty is if you're in poverty, the chances that you, you know, you're at high risk. That's the number one indicator of trauma is you, you're living in poverty. So. If we have children in the school that are in poverty and they're suspected of a learning having a learning disability, we should say time out. We should say time out, and and ask the questions around trauma. Why is that? Because again, because, well, the research has already told us that it's highly likely they've experienced trauma. We know trauma mimics learning disabilities. Mm-hmm. So why would we want? You know what I mean? Unless it makes sense for some other reason. So let me, so let me ask this: if if you were in a situation where you saw maybe um, that scenario, you, you know, you know, somebody's in poverty, you, they're acting out in the classroom. The teacher thinks it must be a special need that needs to be addressed. Um, what would it look like if you were to add an element of test? Is it testing that you would go through to, to well, find I mean, out if it's a trauma or how do you uncover that? Well, absolutely. Well, the, the, uh, firstly to me, because I consider the um, classroom educators first responders yeah. after somebody's at home, they're in school more than longer than they're anywhere else. Yes. So equipping the educator is the first order of business. And we've just actually launched the online course called the day trauma came to class, mm-hmm. which was a result of my doctoral research. So, I mean, first for me, equipping the educator, so they even know what they're looking at, you know, and so their first response or knee jerk response won't be, you know, referring for special needs testing. So you can equip them with different um, scenarios or protocols that, you know, if they're doing this, this, or this, because again, because the thing with trauma is it impacts everybody different. You could have the same thing happen to you that I had happen to me, but it's going to show up differently. Sure. Mm-hmm. So that means the response, there's no, it's very individualistic. Therefore the response has to be, there's, it's not, you know, like a, a box, a package deal we can do here. You got a lot of people listening today that are going, this is making me ask questions. Mm-hmm. This is making me go, hmm, I've got a kid that's struggling with these issues. I don't know specifically of any trauma that happened to them. How do they uncover whether it's truly a learning issue or whether it's a trauma issue? I mean, is there, I mean, you just talked about some, some testing, but I mean, if, if a mom is listening today or a dad is listening today and they've got that question like, well, I got a kid that's struggling like this and I don't know specifically something that's happened, but. As you said, 80% of the trauma is caused by somebody close to them, but it might not be the mom or the dad. Where do they go for help 
to figure this out because I'm, because society counselors aren't looking for this psychologists aren't looking for this right. i mean they're, 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 this is not something people are talking about well the first place that you could start is with your child mm-hmm. and asking and just asking the questions i mean we're so busy what would those questions be i mean you know the first one has anybody ever you know hurt you or touched you in, in any kind of way you know or um made you feel uncomfortable you know um those kind of questions, you know? Mm-hmm. So then um, I love where you're going with that, Jim, because it just, if people start to think, you know, I've always wondered why this is the path that we're on educationally, because it doesn't really seem to be helping my child or, or, or maybe they're working in a classroom and they're going, oh my goodness, she's onto something. You know, I have not ever thought of it from this perspective. So what if a trauma is uncovered? Then what's next? For traumas, well, I mean, you can always, again, applying these um, different responses and protocols to, to be able to, but you have to heal the wound, you know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. You're talking about healing the wound. And if, uh, so, so there's things you could do. I mean, the other thing is too, because a lot of what happens in a trauma in childhood is, um, physiologically, biologically, what happens is your brain becomes dysregulated. Yes. So you want to help, you know, you're helping the children get to a regulated state. So you want to do exercises and protocols that help somebody get back to a regulated state. Um, and they really need to find somebody that that's their specialty. Yes, right. Exactly. Get some help. Mm. This is a powerful subject, Ivy. You, uh, you've uncovered, God has allowed you to uncover something that, I mean, nobody's talking about. Uh, when you bring this up to somebody for the very first time, when you get in front of an educator or in front of a, uh, I mean, who do you get to talk to about this stuff? Is it teachers or is it the, the ed- administrators? I mean, is it, it government officials? I mean, who do you get to tell about this stuff in order to get their attention? Well, I am, I want to stop the bleed. So I created the course to qu- equip the educators, but my heart is to change the system. So I'm going after I don't going after doesn't sound very yeah. well. Does focusing on <laughs> Sorry. addressing? I'm not, I'm not coming for you. She's no. got a hatchet. Watch <laughs> but my heart is to change policy and change legislation. So you know, I mean, to redirect so mm-hmm. that they don't get put on the wrong trajectory. Right. So you, it's kind of kind of running parallel. You know, you have to equip. Um, you know, but I am you know after the policy, after the legislation. So I connect the dots. You know, but like you you mentioned, it's the, it's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Oh I can I can help them connect the dots. The you know they get the aha, but then they look like a deer in the headlights because you know it was because I, and because there's a lot of money tied. Well, I was to say you got money tied to the drug system, you got money tied to the education system, you got power in the administrators who get more money, so they have more administration. You get more staff. I mean, there's a lot. You're fighting money now. You start to fight money. You know, kids become secondary. There's a danger for kids to become secondary. Right. But and but the thing is, you go into society, so it's still costing money. It's costing money on the other end because you're either, you know, you're treating, you know, or they're not showing up. They're not working. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And so they're not paying taxes. You know, yeah. I can I can do the money thing, too. I did a presentation for the U.S. House Budget Committee at the end of last year. So I got, you know, what I mean. I have the arguments there too. <laughs> no, I love that. I love that. So, but there's a lot of Christ followers who had trauma as children who are now adults who are listening to the show today going, I think I'm one of those kids. 
and I'm still struggling today. How do I fix it so my trajectory can get on the path that that I'm the right path? Well, I think part of it is just the recognition, the awareness, because it happened. I was uh, 40 some years old. Mm-hmm. And the part, like I said, I had recognized, I knew I had, um, you know, I had been molested and I had these other things that had happened to me. I knew I was, and I, I would share them as part of my test, overcomer testimony, you know, what I didn't realize because what had happened is I hit a wall, a leadership wall with some of the teachers and I went to try to seek some answers and found out that what had happened is, do I have time to tell a quick story? Sure. Okay. So I went to get help and seek counseling for myself to why am I having this leadership uh, challenge at the school? And so the, uh, the counselor says, I'm going to give you an assessment. Um, that's going to tell you about the, who that God created you to be. And so I was like, I said, I've got a drawer full of those things. I'll, I've been trying to figure out who I am all my life. So I can tell you what it's going to say. And he said, well, this is so we, anyway, so we do the assessment and it came out totally different than any other test I had taken before. So I had, uh, this is why, this is when God's showing me about the aha, about the false persona. You create this false persona and you build your whole life around this thing, mm-hmm. but it wasn't the you that he created. So I'm just sitting here on this couch, literally saying, okay, so you're telling me the who that I think that I am is not the who that God created to be. Okay, let's wait a minute. <laughs> this is a little, wow. so I mean, God dropped in my spirit right there. So Dr. Ivy, you've been sharing with us your own journey that, and you were in education and you saw a, a disconnect with some of the things that kids were being diagnosed and sent to special ed classes when they, you, you saw that there was something more going on and that um, led you to more education. God bless you. That is not something Glad Jim and I are, <laughs> are looking to do. But, but you said, you know, it was just that, boy, this is what I need to find out some answers to. And it's really led you down an amazing path. And I love the fact that you own this title of social reformer. You know, God has given you that mantle to carry. So with that, you were... Sh- oh, yeah. go yeah, ahead. I just want to make sure we got back yeah. to our story. Well, so with that, you were sharing, um, you know, the rest of, of the... You were, you're, somebody was giving you an assessment, trying to help yeah. you figure out what was going on. Absolutely. So the assessment, it was a temperament ex- uh, assessment. So the authors, I think, were John and... Um, I want to say John and Paula Sanford, if I got that right. So, but it it did, I would, I would always come out being say, um, if you were doing the disc DI, I still test DI. So because I had, I had created strengths and Mm -hmm. developed skill sets all around this performance. I mean, this was born out of, I was trying to, again, do to be remember. So this thing (laughs) comes out different. I'm melancholy and supine and all this is like, it was, I was having a kind of a, whoa, moment on the couch that day. But anyway, (laughs) But God said, he said, you're going to write your story and it's going to be called finding your, my way back to a place I've never been. So, so what happened, the thing was, what, the part that I didn't recognize, I knew that I had been, a, you know, sexually molested by my uncle. I knew all these things. What I didn't realize was the maladaptive emotions and behavior piece that the maladaptive emotions and behavior that I had developed out of the response to this because nobody helped me process or refrain or validate or any of those things mm-hmm. that should have happened. The people that were supposed to be protecting me. So you created a personality to overcome your trauma, but it wasn't really you. You were pretending to be somebody else because you were trying to prove something to somebody to overcome the trauma you had had. Exactly. And I would, I would say that's what you call maladaptive behavior. Yes. Ooh, Jim, you learned. That's what I'm just trying to make sure I can yes. communicate to everybody else because I'm still trying to sift through this. Right. And I would, I would say a majority of people in the church, as you're calling it, are doing the same thing. 
Wow. All right. So let's talk to the body of Christ. Let's mm-hmm. talk to them about the hope. And so let's just say that you are one of God's generals and you, and, and you've got a large united force of believers who are ready to move at your word. What would you do with that large body mm-hmm. of believers? Again, it comes back to, again, you know, knowing who you are, because this is what we're, I mean, he, why did he write a story about you? I mean, he had a purpose for you, something for you to accomplish while you're here. You're not, you got to carry, uh, uh, the soldier's orders is to carry, you know, to carry out the order. He, he created a story about you, about me. We're supposed to be carrying out that story. Right. You know what I mean? So again, it's about getting clear about your story. If you're feeling some kind of hesitation, some kind of. You know, I can remember feeling this thing that, you know, it's almost like you're running against something, but it's, you almost have like this kind of like wax, I don't know, you know, saran wrap around you and you're not quite, you know, mm-hmm. I had that kind of feeling most of the time. It was not free and full. And, you know, I knew I wasn't flowing in everything God had called me to be. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you're sensing you're out there and you're sensing that there's something more, something's missing, there probably is. Mm-hmm. And a lot of. Us as human beings take very little time to really contemplate though. I mean, we really don't. We, we just, we, if we've got a, if we're hurting, we try to keep busy. So we avoid thinking about the hurt or we medicate or self-medicate uh, with alcohol, drugs, or relationships or other things in order to overcome Absolutely. that. With that, that army though, if you could have an army of people that would help fight the battle you're fighting, how would you encourage, I mean, as people go out and check out your website, mytraumainformedschool.com, is this information important for PTA members to get involved? And in? is this, is okay. this information that's got to get to school Absolutely. boards? And- Absolutely. Yeah. If you know any educators, I mean, but, but the thing is, the, if, we, if you go to mytraumainformerschool.com, you'll find out because the, the thing, what happens as um, fragmented people, as traumatized, you know, children, now adults, um, you know, it's just a microcosm. That's a microcosm of what's going on in our society. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, so we need everybody around the table because this fragmentation, we keep, if we're only going to deal with educators, you know what I mean, then we're not dealing with the whole problem. We need the, everybody to come around the table, the community, the parents, the educators, the legislators. Yes. All to come around the table so we can the whole, reach the gap. Yes, sure. for sure. Because like you said, we the, especially children, they're spending their time in lots of different places, mostly the home and the school. Right. Um, but they have a lot of different touches in our communities. And if we don't understand what's right. really happening and, and put our input in. So we're talking with Dr. Ivy Bonk, and we have been having a great conversation. I mean, I know Jim and I are just both... Um, ourselves learning and hopefully that's it's you know fanning some flames and some people your workplace is an incredible workplace dr ivy i mean you're being you've been given a commission by god that we've never heard about before Mm -hmm. and which that makes me think then okay dr ivy how do you you're not 20 years old anymore how are you multiplying yourself so that this message can spread across the country. I mean, what are you doing to replicate this in people across the nation? Because this needs to be fought on a thousand battlefields at the same time. Well, you're going to help me. And after that, no, I did write this course <laughs> called the day trauma came to class. Yes. So this is for every educator in a, in America has to have professional learning hours to maintain their licensure. That's, okay. mo- that's with most professions. Mm-hmm. 
So the strategy I came up with was to create a course that they could count toward their professional. So you know it's a I mean? continuing education it's, kind of credit. Exactly. And, they don't, and let me ask a question about that because can they choose to do it? They don't have to like, I don't know how that system works. Yours is just as accessible as any other course. Oh yeah. Now I went through a rigorous process with uh, a, a agency in Pennsylvania who approved because I wanted sure. to go through that process. I wanted to, you know, be legit. Right. You know, so I went through some rigor. Um, and so now it's on, it just recently went online. So is it on your website it's, or where it's on the, my trauma informed school.com okay. website and the day trauma came to class. That's a continuing education class. How many credits do they get if they take the course? Well, it's actually, there's 13 segments that are almost like a, wow. Ted, like a Ted talk size. They're okay. not very big, but then you have a demonstration that you can project, you know, activity that you do to follow up. And so for each segment, you would get two hours two clock hours worth of credit, get a certificate that would say so for a lot of them, they need 20 plus hours a year. Would this 20, would be like a whole, Oh yeah, that would be, that would take care of it. Plus you'd be in, you know, the more important thing would you'd be informed, right? You'd, you'd be equipped to help some kids. I think we've got a lot of people today that are thinking, Oh my goodness, I have just enough dangerous information today to be dangerous because this is overwhelming. There's just so much to take to talk the about. course. Yes. Yeah. But what if they're not a teacher? What if it's a parent oh, no, no, listening? No. Absolutely. Anybody would benefit if they take the course. So parents, this would equip parents. This would equip, Pastors, community you know, pastors, I'm thinking absolutely. About daycare providers. I, it, anybody would benefit. Now, it was created for educators, but you can't not, you know, go through it and not benefit. You know, okay. it's going to equip, you know, with a lot of things that we were talking about here today. So, if if our listeners are intrigued by this or they know someone in education, definitely share this information and um, get the word out there because the more people that can get some education, get some um, good information and be equipped to just take it to the next level. What what a great thing to encourage. Well, I think it's really important, Dr. Ivy, because we get a lot of people that tune in, you know, different parts of the hour. That we kind of recap what you have realized that and, and why people should be going to mytraumainformedschool.com. What have you found out? How is childhood trauma impacting kids? Well, what happens is childhood trauma um, can mimic learning disabilities. So in our education system, kids before they're even cognitively positioned and developed, they are misdiagnosed with a learning disability or can. I'm not saying there's not true learning disabilities right. out there. There are, so don't, I don't want anybody to take that away. Don't and, send and, out the letters. Yeah. <laughs> and educators are awesome and doing the best they can do, mm-hmm. but they haven't been equipped and resourced right. with this. So, so they get, you know, at a certain age threshold, children have to be identified, we call it, to receive services. And so that requires, if you're academically lagging and developmentally delayed, as they call it, to be identified, and then you become intellectually disabled with a, a label. You get needs. labeled that, right? Even that. if you're not, you get labeled. Yeah, that. so it's like being misdiagnosed at the doc. Like we said earlier, you, you could go for something, and the doctor misdiagnosed you. The, the ramifications, you know, are the same. Because most importantly, you're not getting treated for the thing that you really need exactly. help with. Because I loved your analogy of bronchitis and cancer. You could get treated for bronchitis. It doesn't really hurt you to take the antibiotics, but the cancer's not getting cured or right. put in remission or anything. Describe the types of childhood trauma you're talking about. Well, it could be. There's a, a lot of different. Was it I mean, like physical? Oh, and- well, with the CDC, let's just go with what's out there. The CDC um, gives five types, physical abuse, Sexual abuse, emotional abuse, physical neglect, and emotional neglect mm, okay. is what they categorize as. So, okay. I mean, there's so much stuff and we're out of time. I want to make sure. So if you're an educator and you're looking for 
Uh, continuing education credits, they call them. What did you say they call them? They didn't call them continuing education. Oh, just professional development Professional hours. development yeah, hours. Yeah, That's yeah, what yeah. it is. Go to com and take the course the day trauma came to class. The day trauma came to class. Dr. Ivy Bonk, thank you for being on I Work For Him today. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank this is you. fantastic. Really appreciate it. com. Take that course. The day trauma came to class. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field. But ultimately, I, I work, work for, for him. him.